Hello, hello. Welcome back, Leading Women in Tech. How are you doing today? The day this episode goes live is actually my wedding anniversary. So I am not in the office today. <laughs> As you all know, I record these things quite a long way in advance. At the point of recording this, uh, I haven't actually decided what we're doing for our wedding anniversary, but I'm hoping we're going somewhere. Somewhere fun and exciting just for a few days, get away from life a little bit. February is a great time to do that, I always think, because the thing where we do in Scotland is a little bit cold and miserable. Right now, there is snow on the ground outside. It's been a bit of a miserable couple of days here, because although it's snow, which I love snow, I love snow, it's been very grey and we've had a lot of slushy rain. Not my idea of joy. So I'm all up for a few days away. I hope your February is going spectacularly. As we're coming into February, I'm actually going to be teaching inside Lit Up Leadership Academy, it's already underway, um, a special section on time management, which for many of the leaders I work with comes along with a line of, oh my goodness, do we have to? <laughs> I don't teach time management as a standalone course, because although I know it's necessary, people don't want to do it. <laughs> Instead, it is something that once a year we dig into inside Lit Up Leadership Academy. The training is there all year round. But once a year, we do a little bit of a focus on it. That doesn't mean that other things aren't going on. There's lots and lots of things going on inside Lit Up Leisure Academy. But for the month of February, my members are getting some prompts regularly around their time management, just checking in on how they're doing. And it really made me think, as I've been writing that content so that they're ready to receive that from the 1st of February, as I said, I'm recording this a little bit ahead of when you hear it. It made me really realize that a large part of time management is around boundaries and structure and how boundaries and structure actually give you freedom. And so that's what I want to dig into today. Really, how boundaries are actually a really good thing for you. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Believe it or not, most of us struggle with this. You might think you're alone, that, you know, you have no boundaries, you're always saying yes to people, you're a people pleaser, maybe your kids just walk all over you, maybe you do all the housework and your partner just kind of doesn't understand why you're upset about that, or maybe you're the one that wants lots of structure, but then you're afraid of not being able to be spontaneous. Most of us struggle with this in some flavor or other. And one of the things I see time and time again is for those of us who are very ambitious, hey, there is nothing wrong with ambition, ladies. We will quite often do more and more and more to cope with our lack of boundaries. We'll just take on more. So many of the women that I work with come to me, come to my programs, work with me and my other coaches because they're burnt out or they realize that they can't keep doing what they're doing and go any further in their careers. And there's this juxtaposition of tension of not fulfilling their leadership ambitions with, I can't take on that next role because I can't do any more. I'm done. <laughs> I'm at my limit. And a lot of them feel stifled and frustrated. And I actually do think that's a big contributor to the attrition of women in tech, leaving the industry. Because 
we think that the only way that we can get to those higher stages in our career is by doing more. That is so not true. (laughs) They think that when we have structure, it's somehow going to limit us, decrease the amount of freedom we have, or that isn't how we're going to get to those high levels. I'm here to tell you that that's just your own BS talking, my love. To become an extraordinary leader, to become that senior executive that maybe you're craving for, or that extraordinary individual contributor who has an influence across the entire organization you're working on. But as a thought leader, you have to have time down. You have to have creative time. You have to have the structure and the boundaries that allow you to be that extraordinary leader. You have to have thinking space. Many of us resist this, thinking that we will have less freedom if we hold boundaries. We may think that the boundaries and structure are these stark lines in the ground that we cannot stray from. And it probably sounds completely backward to you. But structure and boundaries complement freedom. And by having boundaries and structure, we actually create more freedom for ourselves. Boundaries and structure help plug up the holes where our time and energy can inadvertently leak out of blocks. And distractions will come through and weak boundaries just allow those distractions to become the thing that drives us. Not only that, but without boundaries and structure, our freedom can turn into utter chaos. It's total anarchy. (laughs) Or more gently, our freedom can feel aimless, like we're navigating through something without a compass. Or we use our freedom to do things like sitting playing computer games, which is just feeding our dopamine. There's nothing wrong with playing computer games, except when you start telling yourself you have no time because you spend four hours a night on computer games. Same with television. We're getting this like dopamine trickle from that. And it means that we feel like we have no freedom. We have no intentionality. We have nothing that we're achieving. The same thing happens with our kids. I was actually listening to a life coach earlier today in the car. And she was talking about how when we over something, whether that's we over micromanage, we overeat, we over drink, we over, anyway, actually she also talked about over parenting, which I thought was a lovely phrase. I'm sure somebody else has come up with that before. But overparent is because we need that dopamine hit. We've learned to get a dopamine hit from that activity. And actually our boundaries and our structure, in my mind, allow us to control where we get our dopamine from. Remember, dopamine is there to make you do things. It is a drug that makes us feel good that we get when we do something good for us. The problem is modern life, there are lots of things that trigger our dopamine that are not good for us, such as junk food is actually designed to give us that massive dopamine hit which is where you can become basically addicted to it. It's not a full-on addiction, but it can be really hard to not have that junk food (laughs) because some very clever scientists have realized that this makes people eat more of it. They make more money, yay. Not so good for us. Boundaries and structure allow us to navigate through this. It gives us that compass. And this comes all the way back to the sparkle plan that we were doing in January. Having that compass and that sense of direction can really help you decide where your boundaries and structure should be. And when things are out of order and unpredictable, we cannot create that direction of travel that we're after. In order for us to create more freedom for ourselves, we need to understand what boundaries and structures are. So I want to dig into that now. I think that it's where people get stuck regarding boundaries, which is what people think of them as these rigid lines drawn in the sand that it's clear for everyone to see. However, boundaries and structure really are a way for us to take care of ourselves Healthy boundaries keep us from feeling that resentment, that disappointment, that anger when limits are pushed. If you don't have those boundaries, somebody pushes it to squishy line because it wasn't strong and you wake up one day thinking they're taking advantage of me 
or I've just been walked all over or how did that happen? Boundaries are really about openly communicating a set of personal values so that those values can be protected and do not become violated or compromised. I had to really get to grips with this as a coach. I thought I had pretty good boundaries as an executive leader, but actually coaching is what really taught this to me because I'm a service professional. I provide a service. And with any service, your clients want stuff from you and they will just keep asking as they should. And I learned early on that I, I just love to give. I love what I do passionately. But I learned the hard way that if I didn't have boundaries up front, people would ask more and more. And when I then said, oh, actually, I can't do that. They're like, but hold on, you've been doing that for me for three months. Why are you suddenly saying no? And I had to say, well, that isn't actually part of what I'm providing here. I just did it out of the goodness of my heart. And however understanding they are, most people feel a bit like, oh, I'm getting less than I was. Having really strong boundaries allows me to say, that's not actually part of what you're paying for. That's not something I do. Or if you want that, you need to pay me more. And it was really learning that I had to do that so I could serve all of my clients rather than just one or two getting a lot more from me than others. It was a fairness thing. I was like, oh, <laughs> this isn't just about me feeling good and being able to do a good thing. This is actually for the benefit of everybody. Having those boundaries is good for everybody I work with. And it really made me get very clear about what the lines were in every aspect of my business. And that carried over to every aspect of my life. My partner knows exactly what he can expect from me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I do. I get a little bit squishy there because who doesn't have a soft spot for their husband, right? Like, if you don't, we need to chat. <laughs> Maybe that's not a, a coaching thing. It's a life coaching thing, which I don't do. But, you know, I, I hope all of you are lucky enough to find that one person where you have a soft spot for them. <laughs> Let's just put that right. But with kids, for example, with children, you need to have really, really strong boundaries because they will push and they will push and they will push. And then they'll get resentful when they got away with something last week and now they don't. A parenting coach friend of mine, so I'm just connected to all the coaches. A parenting friend coach of mine, she said to me that one of the most important things with children is However hard it is to start today because you've had squishy boundaries up until now, you have to start today because it's just going to get worse. Just a little side note if you have kids. But communicating those boundaries ensures that you aren't going to feel violated. You're not going to feel like you have to compromise in a way that you don't feel good about. You're going to hold yourself true and firm and everybody's going to benefit as a result. My clients now really appreciate that. I make it really clear what I do and don't do for them. Then when I do decide to do something extra... They are appreciative of it because they know it's something I don't normally do. But setting boundaries is a very personal thing. And there are many aspects of life in which you need to set boundaries. I obviously want you to have a look at it from the leadership perspective, because that's what we love to talk about around here. But I'm fully aware that you have to have boundaries in every aspect of your life to be a great leader. Your boundaries might be with your family, your friends, romantic relationships, at work, with clients, with your kids. But generally speaking, some ways to set boundaries are to visualize what you need and the limits that you want. And then have the open communication about those limits and continually, this is the bit people forget, you have to continually reiterate them. Don't be afraid to say no and take time for yourself. Now that I am building my business in such a way I have other coaches working for me, one of the things I'm doing with them is coaching them in how to hold the boundaries that my business needs them to hold. If you're a leader and you have a team working for you, working with clients or with other business units, your team needs to be coached in how to hold the boundaries that your team needs. Like, no, we don't take that kind of work on because that belongs with a different unit. 
Or if a client asks that of us, that is not something this company offers. Or if we do that, we need to charge them more. You've got to coach your team. I'm doing the same thing right now. Like how to say to clients, actually, we don't do that kind of work for you. If you want that kind of support, it's a different kind of support. We can have that conversation because it takes more of their time. I'm paying for that. So it's my interest to do that. As a leader, you've got to pay attention to that. You might not be the one paying their salary, but I bet you have a budget, right? What if you start finding that your team's doing lots of work that isn't the core work that your strategy said you should be delivering on? You'll start asking for more budget for more staff members, at which point your boss is going to be like, "Mm, no. (laughs) Boundaries are so incredibly important in every aspect. So really have a think about where do you want, where do you want to visualize having those limits? How can you communicate them and how can you continually reiterate them? Having this structure is really about maintaining a schedule, a routine in your daily life where you can make time for your tasks, for yourself and for the things that bring you joy. I want you to think of this as a protocol that you follow to get things done. Having this regular structure such that you have free time and the free time can then be creative. I mean, my husband really gets this like under his skin because he's like, oh, Tony, you're like, oh, it's now time to have fun. (laughs) We've scheduled it in. That's really not what we're about. My view is that If we have protocols and structures, we have those. We go to work, we do our work, and then we come home, whether that's like to your home office or just to actually in the car. We have this like demarcation between work and personal time. What if around personal time, you always had demarcations? I'm sure some of you do, especially if you have kids. You've got to feed the kids before they go to school. You've got to collect them. You've got to take them to their soccer match or whatever it is. I just want you to consider having a little bit more structure in addition to boundaries, so that you can fit in the things that you know need to be done regularly. This comes into not having to make lots of decisions. One of the things that happens with structure is you make fewer decisions. So your limited decision-making resource is provided for something else. If you're looking to add more structure, by the way, you can start by planning a morning and bedtime routine and make a to-do list. But by the way, if you're going to do that, listen to episode 104 of my podcast, where I talk to you about why you need to delete 80% of your to-do list. (laughs) You need to think about maybe planning your meals. I, for one, have never got on with that, but other people find this such a way to free up their time. I do plan my food. I don't plan my meals. You schedule in some fun, yes, and self-care time. So I don't schedule in fun. I do schedule in self-care. I find the fun needs to be just spontaneous, but I do have opportunities in my life for spontaneity, So I give myself like time when I don't have anything planned. It's time box because I've got things either side. Quite often bedtime is one side of it. (laughs) Work is the other side of it. But I don't have anything scheduled in there. But I do schedule self-care. So I go and I will get a manicure or a pedicure or a massage. I schedule in mindset work and I schedule in exercise and continually re-examine that structure to make sure it works for me. What first comes up isn't necessarily going to be set in stone. Tailor it to suit your needs and reevaluate this regularly so you create structures that work for you. So don't feel that whatever you create right now has to be the thing you do for like ever. I think that stops us taking action. We think the decision I make today, I've got to get this right. And so we don't take action. We just sit on the sofa and we do nothing because we're scared of committing. Commit, my love, commit. And know you can change your mind later. If you're finding that the boundaries and structure that you have set up aren't quite working for you, working the way you envisage them, 
do not be hard on yourself. It's okay to grow and evolve. And really, you should be growing and evolving. Your boundaries and structure need to grow with you. And I would suggest that having a monthly reset where you ask yourself about your boundaries, evaluate if you've hold them in the last month. Are they working in your workplace? Are they working with your team? Are they working with your family and your friends? What worked? What didn't work? Where are they leaking? Are you people pleasing? Are you happy about that? Or is there something you can do? Make this something that feels normal and non-judgmental to just check in on those boundaries and structures so you can continue holding them firmly. Remember that boundaries and structure allow more me time despite the apparent rigidity that comes with them. So when you create a structure for your day or your week and get events and activities scheduled into your calendar, you have the freedom the rest of the day to enjoy those other activities and the freedom to think and choose what you will do next. Structure also provides that mental and emotional freedom, the routine and having something scheduled in your calendar gives you that peace of mind. You don't feel guilty that you're enjoying a nice walk in the sun when you have that end of month report due because you scheduled time in your calendar to get that work done. You're not going to be wasting your energy worrying or feeling guilty. Actually, one thing I just want to touch on there was that whole having reports that we leave to the last minute. Just a little anecdote for you here. I think it's something we all struggle with. And I do too. I have reports I have to write. I have clients that they come through a company and the company wants a report. And I will leave that and leave that and leave that. And so what I've learned to do now is whenever I see a particular client where I know I'm going to have a report to write in you know a month's time or something, I will write notes as part of my wrap of my coaching session. Every coaching session I do, I write notes. I will give actions to clients when that's appropriate. And as part of my wrap up now for the clients where I write reports, I will go and immediately put some notes in their report document. If you are one of these people that procrastinates on like regular reporting, because it's like, oh my God, do I have to? (laughs) Please just do that. It makes such a difference when it actually then comes to like providing that final version. All your notes are there. You just have to worry about the editing piece. Beautiful way to do that. But having those boundaries is really also about how we have a relationship with ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, how we are able to take care of and nourish ourselves it helps us reduce our stress. It allows us to respect ourselves and our values. So think for a minute about your daily life when you're at work or at home. When are you happy to respond to emails and phone calls from your colleagues? Do you answer work-related texts on the weekend? Please don't. Please, please, please don't. (laughs) Are you available to make snacks for the kids if you're working from home? What are the rules around that? Do you say yes to every request to take your children to the mall on the weekend? Again, I hope you don't. They need to hear no. Setting boundaries, sharing them and holding them also improves our relationships. Telling your spouse that you need 30 minutes of me time every day where they are responsible for the house, the family and everything else is a great first step towards improving your resilience throughout your life. It isn't selfish. The flight attendants always tell you to put on your own air mask first before you help your neighbor for good reason. You are no use to anyone if you're not taking care of yourself first. Take 30 minutes of me time where you are completely selfish. It's not actually selfish. If by the end of all of this, you're still not convinced, then I would suggest taking a look at your mindset of the next or future you. For example, would the VP me do that? Would the CTO me do that? Tune into your why. One of the things my um, business coach likes to ask me is, will the next seven-figure version of you do that? Will the person who's coaching 3,000 women do that? How would you behave if your program has changed the lives of 3,000 women? 
would you be still answering that question in the same way? And I'm like, oh, that's a really good way of looking at this. Tune into that. Tune into your why as well. Why are you doing what you are doing? What impact are you having? Are you over something? Are you overdoing something? Are you overparenting? Are you overmanaging? Are you micromanaging? Are you overdoing it because you need to have control in some way? Does giving in to your boundaries serve you? Is it making you feel good in some way? Are you getting a dopamine hit from saying yes to people? Play around with all the ways that holding boundaries is better for you, your friends, your family, your career, your team, and your business. Remember that even when you say yes, you are actually saying no, something we've talked about a lot on the podcast before. When you say yes, nobody wins. You don't really want or have the time for it. You need to start saying no and admit what's going on. That person will then go and ask somebody else who actually does have the time. People lose out when we say yes, when we don't actually have the time. Finally, notice your triggers. Are there certain people that trigger you or certain requests that do? For example, have you been asked to do something exciting or something you feel guilty about? Whenever I get asked to do public speaking, I get super excited. I love public speaking. I used to do a lot of this. And I realized it takes a lot away from my core business, which is coaching amazing women. And although it does help my business, it doesn't help it as much as coaching the women actually does. But I feel so excited. I'm like, oh, I really want to say yes. I now take my time to say yes to those things. And I really look at, yes, I'm excited, but is this the right thing for that person? Am I going to be able to give them the time they need? And what is it going to do to the women I actually am helping and their support? Identify what triggers are going on, whether that's because you're excited or you feel guilty, or it's particular people that maybe you have a fear around saying no to. I remember once saying no to a boss, and I generally was trying to step into being confident and saying, I have boundaries here. I don't think that's a good use of my time. And that particular boss lost it. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Thankfully, that is very, very rare. Of all the women I've coached, I'm the only one that's had that particular experience. Uh, normally when I tell you like I've had this one time as like one of my clients of all the women but like, this one was me I had somebody where I held my boundaries and they went mental they were not a good boss so I therefore had a fear around saying no to that person in the future and actually because of that it kind of spread to the people that worked with that person became kind of toxic community for me so really have a look for your triggers and by the way, if you're in a toxic community, my love, you need to leave. That is the best thing to do. Vote with your feet. Show them that toxic communities, if they aren't going to change, do not deserve you. And ideally, don't deserve any of your team either. Identify them and figure out how to easily notice and then pause and then reframe and do something different. How is that helping with me set my boundaries and do the work that I need to be doing? As always, let's finish up with a mindset tip. I want you to challenge yourself over the next few weeks. I want you to never say yes immediately. In the same way that now when I get somebody asking me to do public speaking, I always take at least 24 hours, ideally longer, <laughs> just to have a think about it. I always now take 24 hours before a major decision, unless it's kind of a standing decision. I have some things I've already made decisions on and other requests come in and I will just, there's a default decision. But I do check in on that regularly, whether or not the default is still workable. But have some stock phrases you can use to give yourself the breathing space, even with friends and family. For example, thank you for this. Let me come back to you with my thoughts tomorrow. Recognize this is a negotiation. Remember that they have a negotiation on their side. All sides have their badness, their best alternative non-agreement. That's something that you need to understand as a leader. 
There is always a negotiation going on. What is their batner? What is your batner? Best alternative to non-agreement. If you can't agree, what is going to happen as a result? They will find someone else. Is it so bad or is it actually good for them to not have you say yes? Always have a think, what is the batner for both sides here? I've given you lots to think about and I really want you to encourage yourself to give boundary setting and setting up structures in your life a go and see how it frees up your time, your energy, your mental and emotional capacities and continue to review them and re-examine them and make changes and tweaks to it along the way. But as always, until next time, remember, stay on your tech leisure game. Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.